0: Father I thank you God for your word. I thank you for every single person that is listening to your word. Lord I uh, I commit this moment into your hands uh, and ask you Holy Spirit to use me as a vessel as an instrument. Uh, Lord to communicate what you want your people to hear today uh, and Lord I thank you that your word is life every every word that comes from your mouth Lord uh, is the preceding word and it comes to accomplish what you have sent it out to do and Lord I thank you that this is an accomplishing word today that that we receive your word with faith we believe your word with faith and we Lord we know that our, that this word will renew our minds and transform our lives and And Father, we thank you that this word will give us hope to live for a better day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd love for you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And we'll read from verse 1 to verse 4. And it says that when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And verse 2 says, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded. As a testimony to them. What's interesting about this passage is that uh, this leper was living during a season which is very similar uh, to the times and seasons that we're living in. Right now, leprosy during those days uh, was a was a disease that had a stigma. Uh, the, uh, the the lepers were people who were ostracized from uh, community. They were ostracized from society. They were quarantined. They were isolated. Uh, you know, these are the terms that we use nowadays. You know, for for what's happening in the world today. But th- this leper was a was a uh, or leprosy had a this disease had a stigma uh, around it, where people would reject other people when they knew that this when they knew that that person had leprosy. And it was, a, it was a disease of the skin. It was a disease that was visible. It would eat into the flesh of a person. Uh, it would cause uh, the person to look deformed in, in their face and on their hands and in their feet. And and so uh, the society had termed them and, 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 and rejected them and caused them to live in isolation outside the walls of the city. And, and uh, I really believe that it's similar to the season that we're living in because people who contract a virus uh, uh, when when uh, are fearful that when they go back into society that they will be rejected people will be fearful of them and and it, it's similar to this this man and the season that this man was living in the Levitical law during that time said that this man had to be cast out of community it has to be he had to be cast out of of, uh, of society and any Jew who came in contact with the leper would become un clean and so we have now this scene here that the that Matthew is describing is that Jesus is is teaching this phenomenal uh, teaching on the kingdom and he's coming down the mountain so they're outside of the city uh, and great multitudes are following Jesus and the disciple here says the word and behold which means it was a big scene that a leper broke through uh, the uh, uh, the normal society what 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 society Terms his boundaries to be. He broke through those boundaries and he comes to Jesus, approaching Jesus, not begging him, but he came to Jesus, worshiping him. There's a difference between begging and worshiping. Worshiping is someone uh, is is having a communication with someone you know. Begging comes from a place of of you're a servant, you're a you're a slave, you're a you're a beggar, you are you're a person who who is a, who society has cast out. So there's something that shifted. In this, in this leper's mind. He went from uh, living in a prison of, of rejection, living in a prison of being ostracized, living in a prison of being isolated, living in a prison of being uh, quarantined uh, uh, to, to coming into a place of coming into a, a prison of hope. You, we must understand, for a leper to come out into normal society was a big deal. He had to break through fear. He had to break through the chains of, of bondage. He had to break through the chains of rejection because he heard that someone was healing people. That someone with the name of Jesus was giving people freedom. People were getting healed. It was, it was absolutely awesome because there was one person on the planet that never rejected people and his name was Jesus. And and this leper had to break through, had to break out of the prison of rejection, had to break out of the prison of of isolation and being locked down and rejected from society. And he had to break through those boundaries and he had to become a prisoner of hope more than anything else in in this season. What the world really needs is an understanding of hope. What we really need, what what our lives are really aching for is hope. And so I want you now to to understand what what this man came out of. He came out of a prison of of, of being uh, uh, rejected. He, he had no way that he could work because he could not enter into normal society. So he had to break out of that prison and enter into hope, enter into having a hope in Jesus. And this hope in Jesus caused him to, to go beyond ridicule, go beyond rejection and approach Jesus. He, 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 he did not have the fear that Jesus would reject him, but he came to Jesus in worship and he said lord if you are willing make me clean and jesus says i'm willing he stretches out his hand and the man was clean and uh, and jesus says go now to the temple priest and 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 offer the sacrifices that moses has recommended that you give and so he he goes away absolutely healed and i want to bring this into context of today you know we 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 might be living and we might have we we might uh, have experienced job loss. We might have ex- might be experiencing, uh, you know, our salaries not being paid. Uh, we might be experiencing just turbulent a turbulent season, and we might be experiencing. Uh, 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 you might be sick in your body. You might have contracted the disease uh, or, or or the virus, and you might be fearful of entering into society. But I want to tell you that there is a person who will never reject you. And I want to invite you into becoming a prisoner of hope. Hope is a person and his name is Jesus. And, and the title of my message today is Prisoners of Hope. I want to invite you to the book of uh, Zechariah, uh, which is just two books north of the book of Matthew, <laughs> uh, um, the book of Zechariah. Now, Zechariah is, is a book. He's one of the minor prophets uh, of, uh, in, in the Old Testament. But he gives a very, uh, God prophesies through Zechariah a very current prophetic word. And I want to I teach from this because this is a, this is a uh, prophetic message for what God wants to say to his church today, all right? So I want you to go to Zechariah chapter 9 and we will read uh, from verses 11 and 12 right now. So verse 11 says this, As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold. You prisoners of hope, even today I declare that I will restore double to you. Come on now. That is just an absolutely current prophetic word. This is a word from God that God is speaking to the prophet Zechariah. I'm going to read it again for us. As for you also. Because of the blood of your covenant. Now remember the blood of your covenant, okay? I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. This is is phenomenal because the virus has created a pit for people to fall into. Right, but, the, but, the, but there's no water in it. And, and so there's a, there's a pit and people think they're drowning in a pit. There's no hope for, for, for people to, to come out of this season. But God is saying, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. I, I don't know about you, but I'm ready for double. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for an increase. I, I, I don't know about you, but, but I, I'm ready for God to bring us into a place of a double portion. And today, if you can believe this word, you will position yourself to receive a double portion. But I need you to understand that being a prisoner of hope is a good thing. If there, was, if there was any prison that, that I could go to, I would prefer going to a prison of hope because, because there's no other prison like it because hope gives me joy for a better day tomorrow. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. So Zachariah, God is prophesying through Zechariah, and he's saying, I want to restore. God's heart for his people is that he wants to restore double of what you've lost, right? It's a power-packed verse. Now, in the days that we're living in, uh, The definition of hope has been watered down to just wishful thinking. And it's like, uh, you know, we, 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 we don't have a full understanding of what hope really means. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, women uh, that, that, that have uh, in this season of rest have, you know, put on a little bit of weight and they wish, I wish I was a size two and I wish I was a size three and I wish I was like those models on, 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 on TV. Uh, and, and the guys are like, you know, I wish I had Arnold's biceps and I, and I, and I wish I had, you know, a Lamborghini uh, when you you only have enough money to pay for the servicing of your Maruti 800. I mean, that, that's that's where, that's reality. You have enough money to service your Maruti 800 or, or your Toyota Corolla, but you wish you had a Lamborghini. I mean, you're completely far from reality. And, and wishful thinking is really not... In touch with reality, you know. Wishful thinking is, is a person who is an optimist. You know, you 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 are uh, optimistic about life, and optimism is not is not a bad thing. But hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is not being an, uh, being optimistic about life. You know, optimism is wishful thinking. You know, uh, you can uh, there's a there's a big difference between hope and wishful thinking there, there there's a big difference between hope and being optimistic you know being optimistic is a, is, is is a is a psychological thing it's not it's it's a, it's, a, uh, uh, it's a thinking thing You know, uh, Jesus in John 10, uh, uh, John 10, uh, John 3, 16 says, um, uh, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He does not say whoever thinks about him will, will, uh, will experience everlasting life. He says, whoever believes in him, not thinks in him, he believes in him. So wishful thinking, we have a lot of Christians who think they're Christians, but don't believe that they're Christians. There's a big difference. Wishful thinking is like, oh, I wish I could give up that habit. No, no, there's a difference between thinking that you want to give up that habit and believing that God gives you the grace to give up that habit. It's completely different, right? So, so being, uh, being, uh, being optimistic is psychological. Uh, it, ha- it, it has to do with reasoning. It has to do with where, where, where you're not in touch with, uh, with, with reality. Telling yourself that things are going to get better tomorrow you're not in touch with reality and it's like uh, it's like you know uh, since you're at home now and and you're in your PJs most of the time and uh, you, you are you, you've you allowed yourself to let go with your eating and uh, you're not fitting into your office clothes again but you but you're pretty relaxed and you know everything's good and and, and you're now ordering food from outside a lot and and you've ordered some Krispy Kreme donuts and uh, especially you know the the, the the sugar glazed ones and and uh, uh, and, and now the, these donuts are on your, on, your, on your table in front of you and you know that you don't have to go out anyway. You can't go out anywhere. You have no friends to meet. Nobody's going to look at you and you're just watching TV all day long. And now these donuts are in front of you and, and, and wishful thinking is, the, is thinking to yourself that you're not going to put on weight when you finish all 12 of those donuts in that box, but you are living far from reality. That, those 12 donuts are going to put lots of donuts around you and you're going to put on weight and you are going to put on weight. It's just wishful thinking. I'm not going to put on weight. I can eat anything I want to eat. I can eat all the burgers and I can eat all the KFC and I'm, I'm controlling my diet. No, it's wishful thinking. You are far from reality and it's not hope. Hope is theological hope is a person hope is biblical hope is something that 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 is in touch with reality hope assesses reality and accepts it that's what I want you to believe that's what I want you to understand hope doesn't deny reality hope takes an assessment of reality and accepts it but has a confident expectation that God will make a way out. That is what hope is. Hope is not wishful thinking. I wish God would come. I wish I would have an encounter with angels. I wish that money would just fall. No, that's just wishful thinking. If God gives you a word that money will appear in your bank account, then you have a reason to hope. Otherwise, it's just wishful thinking. And a lot of times we, 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 we consider faith, or we talk about faith, but actually we're, we're, we're accessing a, a, uh, a psychological aspect of just thinking better thoughts. And there's nothing wrong with it, there's nothing wrong with being optimistic. I'm an optimistic guy, I've learned to be optimistic, I used to be very pessimistic, but I've learned to become optimistic and I see the good in everything, I see that there's good in everything, but at the end of the day I'm in touch with reality to a point where uh, we take assessment of what is happening in the world today. We're not denying that there is a virus. You can't live in denial that there is no virus. You can't live in denial that it's not creating havoc in the world. It is. People are dying. But at the same time, God has given us a word, and I choose to believe the the word of the Lord in a season when when I'm not denying that that a virus uh, can, is not affecting people I, I'm just denying that it has any effect on me. Come on now that's a that's a really good word. We, we, hope is in touch with reality and it agrees to it, but at the same time it has a you have a fervent desire that what God has promised. Will come to pass. Your hope is like going to a doctor and receiving a doctor's report about your health, and 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 not denying it. It's it's saying, okay, this is what this is the fact. He's just giving you a fact. He's just giving you a doctor his report and saying, this is what I see in your body, and this is what's wrong with your body. Whether he, whether it's cancer, you can't say, no, 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 I don't have cancer. No, the doctor's report says that you have cancer in your body. But but. If you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus, then you have hope and hope is demonstrated this way, that there is also another report. There's the report of the doctor, but there's also another report. And that report is written by the Lord. 2,000 years ago, Jesus wrote a report that he who believes in me Will not perish but have everlasting life. Now I choose to believe the report of the Lord. That is hope. Hope is not denying that there's something wrong with my body. But while there's something wrong with my body. I accept it and I go before God. Not begging but in worship. Saying God I know that you want to heal my body. And that's when hope begins to really uh, enable you to manifest what. God has already made available for you. So, uh, going back to um, going back to what God was speaking to the to the prophet uh, uh, Zechariah, he says. The first thing he says is, "Return to the stronghold." Right? He says, "Return." To the stronghold, you prisoners of hope, and I'm going to give you three three things that that, um, that 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 God is talking to us. That is very important for us to to take into consideration today. All right. Return to the stronghold. Now, a stronghold is a fortified defensive structure that protects what is precious on the inside. It's a stronghold is a fortified defensive structure that protects. What is precious on the inside. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. And it goes on to talk about how strongholds is a thing of the mind. Strongholds don't exist on the outside, but strongholds exist in the mind. It is in your mind. And so God is encouraging us, instead of creating strongholds that the enemy has in your mind, create strongholds, godly strongholds in your mind that become defensive, fortified structures of your mind that protect you from the attacks of the enemy. Now, The Bible says um, that what we behold is what we become, right? When I I behold something, I become like it. And another way to say it is we become what we worship. And and we we must understand that when we create a value for, for something, that thing becomes a fortified structure around our mind. Now it could it, it could be a, a value for a lie or it could be a value for the truth of God's word. And God is encouraging us to create strongholds. Create, allow his word, his promises to become a stronghold in your mind. So how, how would you do that? Romans uh, 12 uh, and verse 2 uh, and 3 says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Psalms 9.9 says, The Lord is a refuge to those who are oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Now, I'm, I'm reminded of this passage, this parable that Jesus, or this teaching that Jesus does, uh, when he's talking about the parable of the sower. It's a it's a leading uh, teaching when he talks about the parable of the tares. And he says uh, that a, a, a farmer uh, went out and he sowed good seed in his on his land. And then at night time, when his workers were asleep, an enemy came and sowed tares in that land right and so now after a while the the workers come back to to the to the owner of the land uh, and says oh look there's there's good seed and there's tears do we remove the tears and he says no just leave them the angels will come eventually and separate them now there's many interpretations of it but in context with what i'm talking about today you can allow uh, uh the words of this world, you can allow the processes and the systems of this world to become, the knowledge of this world to become, to enter into your mind as well as God's word enter into your mind and you can create a, 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 a stronghold which is not very strong. Because Jesus says this when he was being arrested in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, I'm not afraid, I'm paraphrasing it. Uh, uh, he says, I'm not afraid uh, to, to go to, to these guys, with these guys. Why? It's because uh, he said the enemy is coming. He's coming to, to, to look at him and he says he has nothing in me. That's a very profound statement. That the enemy has nothing in me. What is Jesus trying to say? He's saying I've created uh, a, a, I've created a fortified I've fortified my mind with the word of God to a point where I've not allowed anything that any lie, any fact, anything, any process or system of this world to enter in, and so that the, when the enemy comes to test. He could not find anything in me. How many of us would would say that today that that there's nothing of the enemy there's nothing of this world in our mind it's very difficult to say because we've allowed we've allowed our minds to get polluted by movies by music by 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 so many things of this world and also the lies of the enemy that says that you are not good enough you you know you you've been rejected you you fell off the bed when you're a baby and you hit your head and there's something wrong with you <laughs> and you were born on a Saturday and there's something wrong with you and you're not right. I mean, all these lies eventually become truths that we believe, and these truths end up becoming a, a, a fortress in our mind. It becomes a stronghold in our mind. Jesus is saying, uh, G, G, sorry, Jesus, when, when he was uh, led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, he, he, he was led, and as he was being tempted and tested, what was his response? his response was the word he constantly was he, he built a defense mechanism he built a a fortified mind that protected him every time the enemy came to tempt him you want to you want to overcome temptation you want to get over your habits you want to you want to uh, uh, you want to resist the devil build a stronghold with the word of god build a stronghold don't allow if the economy drops a little oh my money i'm going to lose money and you you just start shivering and shaking and rattling and rolling oh you know i've got a pain i saw i saw a boil on my on my body by the way right now i'm seeing a lady who has a a lump in your breast and the lord is healing you right now and and i'm seeing another person who's discovered a boil in their body and it's hurting and you instantly when you saw the boil that lady you thought you have breast cancer and i want to tell you that is a lie of the enemy and you have to fortify your mind by believing this that god came to give you life and because he came to give you life you will have life in its abundance rebuke i rebuke that boil right now i rebuke that tumor right now every tumor in people's bodies will leave the body right now i release freedom into your mind coming back to what i was saying I really believe that Jesus fortified his mind with the word of God. He made the word of God become a stronghold in his mind. So what does that look like? When you create a value for the virtues of God in your life, you become transformed into the very virtue you have a value for. So which means that when the virtues of God become a value and you create a value, you put worth on a, on a virtue of God, that virtue becomes the very stronghold in your mind and it becomes the defense mechanism that when the enemy comes to attack your mind, the word of God speaks to your mind and, you, and your mind begins to speak to the enemy and cast it out. You, you become powerful. So the, God is saying that if you want a double portion, First thing you need to do is return to the stronghold. Whatever you've allowed your mind to, to access during this season, you've got to return to the stronghold. Allow your mind to be renewed by the word of God. Allow your mind to be renewed by the virtue of God. What do I mean by virtues? What I mean by virtues is the nature, the ability, the character of God. When we create a value system around the, the virtues of God, we will be transformed into the very virtue we create a value for. So saying that, I want to go, so Jesus. So, so God is saying now, uh, return to the stronghold. You know, I'm also reminded just now when, in Psalms 23, when David says, you know, um, even though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? It's because you are with me. What is he saying? He's saying that in the midst of while I'm walking to the valley of the shadow of death, right, I have, I, I, my mind is on you. And that's what a stronghold does. A stronghold holds your mind together. It holds your life together. It protects you from every attack of the enemy and it keeps your mind in peace. It's, it's phenomenal, you know. Uh, I've seen, I, I love, I love uh, uh, h- historical movies where, where uh, kings who used to try to attack, uh, uh, you know, especially the Vikings. I mean, I loved, uh, I loved watching the Vikings because it's based relatively on a true story. Uh, and and uh, uh, it, there's this moment when the Vikings are trying to attack Paris. And, uh, and they're, they're trying to access Paris and they cannot access Paris because of the fort, because it's extremely strong. And they end up losing a, a, a battle because Paris has learned to defend itself. It's a phenomenal concept because Jesus, what God is trying to say, is return to the stronghold. Don't, don't try to fight the battle. First, return to the stronghold, and then the stronghold will fight the battle for you. This is powerful. This is extremely powerful. Don't take up your weapons. Your weapons are not carnal. But they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. So we must understand that the battle is right here between these two things called your ears. It's right here. So he's saying, return to the stronghold. And then he says this, you prisoners of hope. Hope is a fervent expectation of something good. You know, um, Pastor Neil uh, defines hope like this. This is a phenomenal definition. He says, hope is the anticipation of joy of something that has already happened but not yet manifested. I'm going to repeat that again. It says, hope is the anticipation of joy of something that has already happened but not yet manifested. I would rather be a prisoner in the stronghold of my mind that does not allow me to think outside the perfect will of God. For my life, this is this is how we need to think. I I, I, I would rather be a prisoner in the stronghold of my mind, that uh, that that the stronghold of the virtues of God that does not allow me to think outside the perfect will of God for my life. Bill Johnson says this. I will not think a thought that God doesn't think for me. I mean, this is that's absolutely phenomenal. And we must come into a place where we enable this virtue of God to really be the defense system in our mind. And so hope is the anticipation of joy of something that has already happened but not yet manifested. Right. So which means it is an anticipation. Hope is an anticipation of joy. I want you to go to Hebrews Chapter 11, uh, this is a famous description of faith. But I want to I talk about hope from this passage right here. Hebrews 11, 1 verses 1 to 3. It says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Or a testimony. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. What this verse means is that faith is a substance which exists in the invisible realm. Okay? By faith we understand that the worlds were created... Out of nothing that we can see, which means it was invisible. It was in the in the in the invisible. Everything that we see today that God created at one point in time existed in the invisible. Which means it was on a different frequency. But when God spoke, it became visible. Right now, hope is the expectant joy that something from the invisible is becoming visible. It's a, hope is the, is the expectant joy that we experience in our hearts because of what God has already done that will be manifested. This is phenomenal. This is absolutely phenomenal. Faith says that God has made something already. It's already ready. It's already there for you. He's made the provision for it. But joy, uh, but, but hope is this expectant joy that I have in my heart that what God has made available, which is in the invisible, right, will be manifested in the f- In the physical. And this is what hope is. I'm not, uh, hope cannot, you cannot have hope without joy. Hope, he says, man, hope gives me joy because I know that God has made it available. I know without a shadow of a doubt that God has made it available. Why? Because he spoke a word. He gave me a word. He gave me a promise. And I know that when God speaks a word, he makes things uh, that are invisible to become visible. And we must understand, I'll give you a simple example. I know I say this a lot, but we, I, I, it, it needs to become a value. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross. When he died on the cross, the Bible says that by his stripes, we were healed. We were healed. Which means over 2,000 years ago, God made, Jesus made the provision for healing. Perfect health. Okay? So if you go to a doctor and the doctor gives you a report and says that your body is sick, A person without hope will get depressed because he doesn't doesn't know the word of God. But a person with hope will look at the doctor's report and says, hold on a minute. Over 2,000 years ago, God wrote a report for me because I'm his child. He wrote a report for me. He wrote a report for you that says that you will live and not die. He says that he paid the price on the cross, that by the stripes of Jesus on that cross, you were healed, which means the provision for healing exists in the invisible if you don't have if if an organ in your body is affected and you need a new organ ladies and gentlemen there are organs that are made available for you brand new organs made available for you you can believe if your liver is diseased you can believe god for a brand new liver why because liver disease was taken on that cross 2000 years ago if you don't have children and your womb is dead i want to prophesy over you right now that jesus made new wombs for you he made it available for you through the cross 2000 years ago now you cannot live if if the, if the doctor comes to you and gives you a report that says there's a problem in your body you cannot live without hope you have to live with hope and hope gives you an expectant joy that you are about to receive something awesome i can feel the presence of god so much in this place right now while i'm talking about it because people are beginning to understand that we have to live with hope We cannot live without hope. Hope is something that that gives me an expectant joy. I'm expecting something that is in the invisible. A body part that is in the invisible that God already made available is becoming manifested through hope. Hope is the vessel through which the invisible becomes visible. Hope is that expectant joy that no matter how long it takes... I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to allow this joy level to go down. I'm going to keep this joy level extremely high. Why? It's because the minute my joy level goes down, my hope goes down. My expectation goes down. My fervent desire, my expectation that God who began a good thing, will, He will see it to completion. That's His promise. And, and when my joy level begins to go down, I know that my, 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 the stronghold is, is, is of God's word in my mind is beginning to come down. And I've allowed the, 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 the tears of the enemy to begin to fill my mind. But I want to tell you, joy is an indication of hope. Joy in your heart, expecting joy. I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting a miracle, man. You're going to the office. I, I'm expecting for the season to end. I'm not, it's not wishful thinking. I know without a shadow of a doubt. I can see myself going back to the office. I can see myself having children. I can see myself. Why? It's because God already made the provision for it. God already made the provision for you to receive your promotion. Your promotion is already in the invisible. You just need to have an expectant joy that at the right time, at the right season, God will make it manifest. Why? Because he's already spoken the word. You must understand the frequency of the invisible, the things that are in the invisible, it's only the word of God that is the right frequency that makes it visible. You can't, wishful thinking is not the word of God. Communication from wishful thinking, wishful thinking is not the word of God. It does not manifest into reality. It just gives you temporary joy. But when things don't happen, you just get, end up getting disappointment, uh, disappointed. And I want to encourage you to come out of wishful thinking and enter into hope. And I want you now to, as you're here, Paul begins to talk about the father of our faith, who's Abraham. He begins to talk about actually um, the elders who obtained a good report, all of them. Lived with an expectant joy. All of them. He, he talks about Abel. He talks about Noah. He talks about Abraham. But I want to. I want to talk about Abraham right now. But not from 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 Hebrews chapter eleven. I want us to go to Romans chapter four. This is phenomenal. This is uh, this is absolutely awesome. Romans chapter four. Hallelujah! I love the book of Romans because it was written for true Gentiles. <laughs> Romans chapter four, and we'll read from verses 16 to 22. It's a a long read, but but I want you to capture the the context of what is happening here. Therefore, verse 16. Now I want you to pay attention to the word now, okay? I'm gonna read it slowly so that you can get it. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. I want you to say all the seed. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Now we know that God gave Abraham a promise that he will become a father of many nations. right? But he also gave Abraham other promises. And I want to tell you, you're about to receive a double portion of what he gave to Abraham. That's why I'm saying giving you this word. Right, not only to those who are of the law right? right, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham come on now who is the father of us all as it is written I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God who gives his life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist there we go as though they did who contrary to hope some versions say hope upon hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be and not being weak in faith now listen to this he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a 100 years old And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, God had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Listen, I know I said a lot. The gist of what is happening here is that Abraham was in the presence of God okay you must understand Jesus is of the same lineage he was in the presence of God when he received the promise that he would become a father of many nations but not only Jesus but also you and I who are of the faith of Abraham received the same promise come on now so so he's saying Abraham although he was co- who contrary to hope which means in other words it's against all odds the guy took a consideration that he was almost hundred years old no way no way does he have the strength in his body Right, or his uh, or his wife, the deadness of her womb, for them to be able to come together and, and bring a child into the world. No way. He just he he knew. He, took, he he's not living in denial. He's not living in wishful thinking. Right. But he 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 knew, even at this age, even though my body doesn't allow me to do it, even though my body says no, God gave me a word. God gave me a word that I will become a father of many nations. Come on, I mean for how long did this man wait? For years he waited, him and his wife his wife, even though she laughed at God, God, God when God came to visit them, God says why is Sarah laughing in the tent? Why is she laughing at my statement? But this time next year she will have a child come on this is phenomenal Abraham was a man who did not waver at the promise of God he took into consideration that yeah this is what the doctor says but he lived with a hope an expectant joy that something that God said God made a provision Isaac was in the invisible and his expectant joy his faith in God enabled Abraham to be strengthened so that God can bring Isaac into the world. Now the reason why I'm saying that is because God wants us to be encouraged to continue to hold on to hope. He wants us to not waver and anything that happens but hold on to the promises of God. If God gave you a word then your responsibility is not to be shaken by what is happening in the world is to have to build a stronghold that doesn't allow you to waver but be made strong in the Lord and so 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 God is telling Zachariah return to the stronghold you prisoners of hope Abraham was a prisoner of hope as long as it takes because this God who told me, leave my mom and dad, leave my family and go to a land that I'm going to give you, I left everything and I took everything and I just followed him, I, 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 where's this land? I'm waiting for this land to come. But how can I become a father of many nations if, if I don't have a son, I'm just gonna wait. Even though my body's old, I'm gone beyond that path, even though I don't have that money for that business, even though I don't have um, the children, even though I don't have anything that reality says right now the market situation is absolutely bad 18, 20, 30 million jobs have been lost that's what the market says that's not what God says I want to say this to you that the world and the promises of the world the promises of the economy the promises of of all these these things that are happening you hear promises of wishful thinking on, on the news and all these things happening all the time they do not give you hope hope is a person and hope was in the loins of Abraham when he received the promise I want you to remember this hope was in the loins of Abraham he was in the seed of Abraham when Abraham received that promise God was not just talking about Isaac he was talking about Jesus who would come from the lineage of Abraham years down the line he was talking about Jesus but I want to I want to go to the to the next point and and it feels like I've gone uh, uh, up and down in the verse but I want to present something to you God starts off in the book of Zechariah chapter 9 by saying this as for you also because of the blood Of your covenant. God is a covenant keeping God. But every time, listen to me very carefully now, every time you receive a promise from God, it enters into the blood. (laughs) Life, the Bible says, life is in the blood, it is in your DNA. And every time you receive a promise from God, the promise of God redefines your DNA. It enters into your DNA and it begins to communicate from a DNA level to God. This is phenomenal. This is absolutely phenomenal. And he says, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free. This is phenomenal. If you're in a situation today and, and, and you've lost your job, you've lost your business, you've lost your money, uh, that, that you're sick in the hospital, whatever it is, I don't want you to, to consider the, your, your reality as God's word. I want you to have hope that God, who has made a provision for perfect health, a prosperous business, a successful job with with promotions and salary increases and commissions and all of that stuff that is God's promise for you and no matter what the season looks like it might look like the shadow valley of the shadow of death but don't fear because God is in you his promise is in you and I want to show this to you in verse 16 it says this promise was not only given to Abraham's seed by law but also to all of those who are of the faith of Abraham which means if Abraham believed the same God that you're believing you and I believe then we are of the same faith Abraham's faith and my faith is the same faith That God that we have in the same God. So every time I have the same faith of Abraham, I've entered now, I begin to inherit the promises that God spoke to Abraham. Why? Is by faith, I was in Abraham's loins when Abraham was listening to the promise. Come on come on now this is phenomenal this is a this is a revelation that you must understand this gives me hope that the word that God the promises that God gave to Abraham the covenant that he made with Abraham is also in my blood Oof, this is powerful now in Genesis I want to show this to you before we close in Genesis chapter 21 we see that Abraham uh, has, uh, before, before Genesis 21, Abraham uh, um, um, sleeps with his, his bond servant Hagar and has a son by the name of Ishmael right and there comes a point in time where where Sarah wants Ishmael and uh, and Hagar to leave and so Abraham reluctantly uh, puts uh, gives them some water and bread and then releases them uh, and and some some of us might feel like this our job uh, without notice without one day everything was fine next day everything is gone and so we might feel like we're in a similar position and and so now they're walking to the desert and and they've they finished the water finished the bread uh, and it's there's no hope for them. They have no hope, and and Hagar takes Ishmael and puts him under a bush, and she sits opposite him, and she she says she said that I can't I can't look at him, uh, uh, look at him dying, and she begins to cry and wail, in that moment. But I want you to pay attention to that to the words of the Lord, Genesis 21. It says, and the Lord heard the boy. Oh, this is powerful she's crying out to God but God responds because he hears the boy now yes he um, we, we know that he was an illegitimate son uh, but at the same time while Isaac was in the loins of Abraham so was Ishmael And <laughs> we must understand that that he is also a son of the promise and he also inherited promises I mean you must understand Ishmael is blessed He he had 12 sons and these 12 sons became 12 princes. And he became a big, he became a great nation. You must must understand that promise was also on Ishmael's life. But what I want you to to see is that while Ishmael was not even speaking, he was not even, he was just busy dying. (laughs) He was was just in the desert and and there was no hope for him to live. But the promise, the promise that God gave to Abraham, began to call out to God. In this moment where your voice can't be heard, where you have no strength to pray, while you have nothing to say, you're so disappointed, you have no hope. I want to tell you, hope lives on the inside of you. His name is Jesus. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. When you allow the word of God to live on the inside of the promises of God on the inside of you, it begins to enter into your blood. It begins to enter into your DNA. And when you can't cry, you can't cry out to God. You can't, you're just, just, you've just given up promises of God. Hope begins to cry out to God. And the Bible says that God from heaven spoke to Hagar because God heard the boy's voice. I mean, can you imagine, you're going to office, you've lost your job, let me say this, you've lost your job, God, and, and you're in this place where you have no income coming in, and you don't know where your next meal is gonna come from, guess who's crying out on your behalf? Hope, is the promises of God that you've built, the stronghold that you've built on the inside of you is calling out to God, and your boss begins to hear the voice of God, <laughs> your boss, your, the businesses, the economy, the government, the cities, the nations, the kings and rulers all begin to hear God's voice because of the promises from within you, the hope within you that begins to cry out to God. In Jeremiah uh, 29 and verse 11, uh, the Bible says, for I know, God saying, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope this is the promise of God just just think now he has plans to prosper you he has plans to give you a hope and a future you can't live without hope because God when he speaks a word in the word is faith and in faith is hope hope is a, is, a, is a joyful expectation that what God has promised will come to pass I want to prophesy over you right now that your future is greater than your past I want to declare over you that your money will begin to multiply in your bank accounts why? it's because God said it would while Israel was in the wilderness their clothes began to sustained. why? because God enabled the promise, the word of God Began to sustain them now it does not have to God does not have to speak his word in context with what is happening please understand that God can say I love you and that word I love you would be so comprehensive that it will take care of all of your needs when you need it this is absolutely phenomenal you must understand that God's word is all powerful it's indestructible it's the most powerful seed there is but I want to encourage you today like Zechariah, like God prophesies to Zachariah. And he says, because of the blood of my covenant, I'm going to rescue, I'm going to set your prisoners free. But return to the stronghold in this season, prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore you I will restore double to you. You must understand what God promised Abraham that he will become a father of many nations. Can you imagine many nations? Double of that, that I, w- I will give you a hope in the future. This is a future so great. I wanna bless you today. I wanna to declare God's abundant love upon you that no matter what season you're going through, You might be in a different nation where there's no 24-hour lockdown and things might be a little bit okay. You can go to the grocery and you can do your things and you still have your job and all of that. But I want to tell you, no matter what, don't give up. The season is passing, but remain faithful to the promises of God. Allow the promises of God to build a stronghold in your mind that defend you from the attacks of the enemy so that you can protect what's precious on the inside. Live with a joyful expectation that what God has promised will come to pass. Remain as a prisoner of hope, not a prisoner of isolation, not a prisoner of quarantine. These are not promises of God, but become a prisoner of hope. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.